1: Welcome back. Welcome back to the Trampoline Hall podcast. I am your host, Misha Globerman. As you know by now, Trampoline Hall is a lecture series that takes place in a bar. Uh, It's usually in Toronto, but sometimes we visit other cities too. Uh, People give lectures on all kinds of topics, but the one rule is they cannot speak on topics on which they are professionally expert. After each lecture, we take questions from the audience. That's me doing the Q&A. This is a Trampling Hall podcast, and what that means is for each podcast episode, we go back through our deep, deep archives, and we choose uh, one lecture uh, to broadcast to you uh, through the magic of the internet. All the lectures this season are chosen by Emily Keeler. I should mention this episode may contain mature language. Uh, I should also mention, if you're in Toronto and you like the podcast, you will love the show. You should come check it out. Uh, go to the Trampling Hall website, get on our email list, and we'll let you know when the next show is. And now I will introduce this episode's lecture. The topic is giant panda and the lecturer is Nobu Adelman.
2: Hello. All right. So um, I am going to be speaking about giant pandas. I think you already know that. Um, but what you don't know is that the subtitle of this talk is The High Price of... Of being cute (laughs) giant pandas the high price of being cute because there is a serious price that goes along with it and um, I wasn't gonna show any photographs of pandas because I figured the entire lecture could just be photographs of pandas and I wouldn't have to say anything because that's what people do they just look at pictures of cute pandas and I mean that's great that everyone wins on that except the pandas which we might get to a little bit later Um, But then I decided, no. But then I wanted to give you a little bit of a taste just to get it into your brain. So here we go. You ready? Yeah. (laughs) Thanks everybody. Can you guys concentrate if that's on or should I turn that off? Okay, well, we'll keep it on for a little while, and if you guys, like, okay, one second, okay. Okay, so on? (laughs) On, off, on, off. I couldn't, okay, anyway, uh, I'll keep it on for this first little bit. Um, There's no preamble for this one. Um, I don't know, well, there's a small bit of preamble. Okay, so um, when videos go viral, I always miss them. I don't know what it is. I didn't catch the sneezing panda, which uh, 55 million people saw. You guys saw that? I always missed it. The double rainbow, everyone's like... I caught the the memes of the double rainbow, and I was like, well, I still haven't seen the original double rainbow. I've seen the double rainbow app, but I haven't seen the double rainbow. There is an app for it. Um, nothing to do with pandas. But anyway, um, I, there's another video that I missed uh, that went viral, and it was fairly recently. It's um, it's for a company called Arab Dairy. Are Anybody familiar with that? Um, yeah, so one person there. Okay, so... Um, it is a series of commercials done for an Egyptian uh, or uh, cheese company called Arab Dairy. Uh, it is for a, a product called Panda Cheese, and I'm just going to explain to you. And 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 so what happens is in the series of commercials? The same thing happens in every one of these commercials. Um, office scene: uh, a man is eating lunch, uh, eating some cheese, spreading the spreadable cheese. Um, and they also use coconut oil in it. I don't, I don't know why. But um, so, and he says to the man who's sitting at the desk. They're all working away. He's like um, in Arabic. He says, "You know, he's like, do you want some panda cheese?" Uh, and he goes, "Oh no, no, thanks. That's cool." Uh, and gets back to work. And he's not. He's not angry, or he's not. You know, he's like, no, I don't want that fucking panda cheese. Like, get it away from me. It's gross. He says, "No, thanks." And then, um, and then the music. The tone changes, and uh, this beautiful. Buddy Holly song comes on, True Love Ways, I think it's called. And uh, and they even overdubbed backup vocals. And the next thing you see is this cute, not this one, but a cute panda. Um, I'm not sure if it's real or not. I'm guessing it's not. And, uh, and then the panda shows up and then trashes the office and desk of the guy who refused the panda cheese. <laughs> That's pretty r- rough. And then the tagline is, Never say no to panda. <laughs> and that's one of the more mild ones. The, really, the one that really freaked me out was uh, uh, there's a patient in a hospital. <laughs> and the nurse says, do you want some panda cheese? And, uh, and, and he, he says, uh, no, no, thanks. No, 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 not today. I'm, I'm just not feeling like I digested or something like that. I'm not sure what he says. But, um, and then the music comes on. <laughs> panda shows up and... The, the panda trashes the television, which is like one of the only things you can do in a hospital. Well, Kara, uh, you watched, oh yeah, you were watching the movie, right? So it's like, imagine if a panda came in and trashed your television and killed Blow, you know? Um, you wouldn't have had that whole experience. So, um, but then on top of that, then he rips uh, the, the IV of the patient. <laughs> And then the nurse is like, "Oh my God, this is crazy!" And uh, but really drives home the point. But the point: never say no to panda, right? Okay, so you got that. Okay. See, okay, he's gonna come back. Don't worry about it. Um, so <clears throat> the segue with that is that. Um, China owns all of the pandas. Any panda you've ever seen in your entire life is owned by China, and by, by China, and um, and they basically control every aspect of their lives, right, even down to to the naming of of the pandas uh, themselves. They, they give them options, and you choose the names, um, <clears throat> and um, and they have become kind of emblematic of of China's. Uh, uh, face that they want to put onto the world. It's sort of like this panda diplomacy that they call it. But it's it's like the dragons are the official symbol uh, for China, but pandas are a really close second, and they probably made more money for China than, than the dragons. I'm not sure. I don't have stats on that, but uh, I'm guessing. And, um, and so... Uh, with all the stuff that I've sort of researched, and, and I, I don't know why I kind of landed on giant pandas. Um, well, actually, I know why. It was because on November 3rd at the Atlanta Zoo, a panda was born. as the first one in the States for, in 2010. And uh, my girlfriend and I were like, yeah, big deal. You know, like, what's the big deal that a, a panda was born? And I don't know if we're sort of the only people who didn't realize just how big that is. The fact that they're completely endangered. Uh, There's about uh, there's varying reports, but around 1,600 to maybe like the maybe 3,000 uh, because I can't really count how many there are in the wild exactly. But 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 there seems to be I say around 2,000. And then in captivity, there's about 250. Most of them are in China. Some of them around the world. Um, And and it's 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 kind of a big deal because. Pandas, I started reading about pandas because I was like, what's the big deal? i got to find a reason why this matters. Um, pandas have a really hard time producing other pandas. The female pandas only ovulate once a year, and even then it's only for two days. It's like, it's, some people I, I told are like, yeah, I know that. But I was like, whoa, that's insane. That's that's th- Your window of opportunity is just like, so tiny. I mean, maybe some other people would be like, oh, that's perfect, you know, but, but, but the, but the, but, but then, but then curiously, the male panda is not guaranteed to want to do business in that two days. So it's like, it's a really tenuous thing, uh, pandas, uh, you know, producing a, a little panda cub. Um, and and to deal with this problem and the, de- the problem of, of them being endangered, they've they've really gotten scientific on these pandas. And uh, in the early '80s, they started doing sort of uh, you know artificial insemination and are starting to develop it. And it's only recently that it's starting to to work. Um, but even still, um, when a panda gets pregnant, uh, there's this thing called pseudo pregnancy. And I think that exists, you know, you know, throughout, you know, like, you know, we have pseudo pregnancies, but there's like, uh, the female panda will start to build a nest and do all kinds of things to prepare. And um, it can be really late in the pregnancy, which is around five months uh, for for a gestation period for a panda. Um, and then suddenly, all the scientists think they're going to get a panda, and then no, it's no, it was all a joke. It was all like, forget about it. You're not getting anything, right? And 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 what's interesting is that um, even if the panda is born, it's still uh, going to be property of China. But still, I think there's a lot of pride that people have in being able to do that. Uh, so uh so th- so that's a, so that 's a reason why it was such a big deal but then I was wondering why why is the panda um, why is the male panda not into it you know what what's what's up with these pandas and why are they not more excited to be in the game um, and 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 part of the reason is that i, I didn 't know this either, but pandas <laughs> I really feel like uh, this is funny I, I haven't done anything like this in a long time but because um, pa- but I am truly uh, mystified um, but I started the more I read the more I thought of um, myself uh, or not myself but that humans uh, share a lot of traits to pandas and and one of them uh, would be that pandas spend ten to twelve hours eating um, a, a day right Um, and I find, and maybe this is more me, but I find myself, I'm always hungry and I will always eat. But then pandas are carnivores, but they spend most of their, well, all of their, 99% of their time eating bamboo and their bodies, they can't really handle the bamboo. So they just fill themselves up and all they do, they they, they shit all day, you know, like 40 to 70 times a day, they poop. (laughs) I'm not ashamed to say that i uh, not that high in numbers, but I definitely make good use of the toilet paper in our house. But, um, but because, you know, it's like the pandas are eating food that's not good for them. We eat food that's not good for us. You know, but for some reason, we don't change our habits. So I, I started feeling a little bit more connected to the panda. Um, I'm dressed like a panda today. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys noticed or not, but okay. Okay. Uh, We'll take that up in question period. Thank you very much, Misha. For now, it's true because I said it's true. <laughs> uh, uh, let me see. Okay, so, but then my, my, my whole theories on pandas being like humans kind of broke down. But, but, then, but then I started thinking, but uh, I was trying to hold on to that theory that pandas are like humans, and, and, um, and, and pandas are used like political pawns, just like people. So, you know, constantly people are being thrust into situations by their their leaders being thrown into wars, they've got to deal with the situation on their front lines. And um and pandas are used to um further diplomatic talks and and get what China wants, you know? And 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 quite recently um and actually and and I I was I want to be really uh, careful not to to be kind of shooting on China because as it's, it's a two-way street. Everyone's using the pandas. It's the high price of being cute. So um, uh, the example most recently of, um, of China exercising some of their their muscle with all this panda power is um, uh, earlier this year, panda power, uh, uh, earlier this year, uh, President Obama was, uh, was to meet with the Dalai Lama and China thought, you know, Obama, Maybe you shouldn't meet with the Dalai Lama. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, like nothing's going to happen in these talks. It's it's not worth it. Just don't bother. And um, and he's like, well, you know, last year uh, I was supposed to talk to the Dalai Lama, but for whatever reason, well, because you guys told me not to talk to talk to him, and I was going to meet you guys for a month. Um, I decided to cancel the meeting, but he couldn't really put it off anymore. If he if he if he kind of dissed the, uh, the Dalai <laughs> the Lama the Dalai Lama twice. You know, it wouldn't be good. So um, he he went through with the meeting, and what did China do? They recalled one of the pandas from the National Zoo in Washington. Right? Pretty pretty direct hit. You know, it's like (laughs) you disagreed, you 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 disobeyed us. We're we're taking this this um, this panda home, and people were so upset because. People love pandas. So, the panda that was being uh, taken home, um, his name was uh, Tai Shan, and uh, AKA Butterstick. Do <laughs> you know that? Do you know that uh, Tai Shan was Butterstick? Um, <laughs> so, I mentioned before that China um, uh, controls every aspect of a panda's life. Even when it's, you know, in Washington, they still, they still control everything. And, and when I read, uh, when I was researching about it, I was, I was fascinated because it's like, there's a Chinese tradition that uh, within the first 100 days of a panda's life, it will not be named. And I was like, oh, that's heavy. That's, that's cool, man. Like, the, what Chinese tradition is that? I want to know that one. And uh, turns out it's just because the pandas are really vulnerable and they usually die in the first hundred days. So why name them and get attached to them? But of course, those Americans, they had to call them Butterstick, you know? So one of the handlers at the zoo called them Butterstick. Butter and I've handled a lot of Buttersticks in my life, but I never really thought... A uh, butter stick was cute, but then you name a panda, Butterstick is really cute. But to show the popularity of, of pandas, when Taishan was born, um, I can't remember, really, I don't know, eight or nine years ago, um, the, the excitement was intense. Uh, the zoo, I think they issued 13,000 free entries to the zoo to meet Taishan, uh, and they were gone in two hours which blows my mind. And then they started appearing on Craigslist and eBay for $500 a piece. And I don't know if you remember, in 1988, uh, there was a panda born in the Tokyo Zoo. Um, and uh, and I actually was embarrassed for my mother's family and their that, that my Japanese side because the Japanese people were losing their shit. You know, it was just like, I don't know. I, I just I couldn't quite understand why people were going so crazy. But obviously, pandas... You know, oh, I should turn this off. Yeah, <laughs> they just have a profound effect. Uh, a couple in in Maryland, in Chevy Chase, Maryland, actually spent sixty one hundred dollars. Uh, they were in an auction to to win the opportunity to receive emails, <laughs> emails and receive videos from um, a panda. In, in, in uh, the Wulong uh, Natural Reserve. I don't know who wrote the emails. Uh, I don't know what they sounded like, but, or anyway. But uh, it, it's just this whole world of pandas has just blown my mind. I don't know what to do with the information at all. Uh, I don't know how it's gonna guide me uh, through to the next life or not, but um, uh, there's there's a lot of crazy things that people will do to. Um, I don't know, why am I holding these? <laughs> I'm not even referring to these. Um, uh, so yeah, so to, to pick up and to carry uh, to continue on the uh, the, the pan- pandemonium uh. <laughs> um, So in Memphis, Memphis wanted the Memphis Zoo wanted pandas, right? so um, so the the way to get a panda is is to lobby really hard and um, and so they enlisted a former senator who was an ambassador to China, um, forget his name, but he somehow, uh, or not somehow, it was his job, he knew the president of China. And um, and he threw his weight around, and, and the president of China said to him, you know, Americans are just so ignorant of Chinese culture, so why would we want to give you guys some more pandas? And And basically, the president was saying, you know, show us, show us, show show us your knowledge. So, they spent 18 million dollars and they built um, on a three-acre plot replicas of famous Chinese buildings. They brought in tiles, stonework, um, Himalayan moon bears, uh, claw otters, goldfish, um, and created this entire Chinese oasis in Memphis. And then once they'd done that, they were so the Chinese officials were so impressed that they that they gave them um, pandas. But the the whole idea of they used to gift pandas, uh, and and uh, I guess the most famous example of uh, panda diplomacy was in 1972 when Nixon uh, negotiated uh, with Mao and uh, was able to. Break down like a really the cold the Cold War with China and be be able to um, get on the road that would lead to full diplomatic relations in 1979. So, but it was the pandas that actually helped that to happen, which is which is significant. Unfortunately, the pandas couldn't help Nixon in 1974, but it doesn't matter because in 1972 he was a hero for for bringing the pandas in, and um, and curiously. The Chinese were really into baby musk, the, these two baby musk oxen, and so uh, they had to be traded. And uh, this is when it starts to feel like a grade four um, uh, project. But, um, but Milton and Mathilde were the, were the, the musk oxen, and, uh, and on the eve of their flight to go to China, they got sick. And, uh, and Nixon was freaking out because he knew that if the pandas didn't go to China, uh, sorry, if the oxen didn't go to China, the pandas wouldn't come to America, would go to America, and then the deal would be off, and then the Chinese would hate them, and it'd be all over. So he sent some junior diplomat uh, named Day Mount, who who t- went and went on the plane and like be- fed Milton or Mathilde with like this little baby, like a bottle, a milk bottle, and like, nursed him to health and, and took him over there. So, it was, you know, a serious business. Uh, okay, now I catch up. Okay, so, uh, I also learned another thing um, about a term. So, the people who are lobbying, uh, uh, no, yeah. Okay, so the people who, there's a term given to people who lobby for, um, for relations with China. And it's panda hugger. And, um, and I don't know, when I heard that term, I was a little bit put off uh, by that, panda hugger. But then I looked it up on the Urban Dictionary, and, and it, it gives me that definition, but it also gives me the definition that it's a similar term to Rice King. You know Rice King? Uh, white guys who date. Uh, Asian women or vice versa, you know, it's like, or white women and Asian men, is that kind of thing, but it's usually white men, and I, I should have done my entire lecture on that, because it's fascinating <laughs> stuff, it's truly fascinating, I have a friend who can break down body type uh, to Rice King, but now I have a new term, panda hugger, um, and so at first I was a little bit put off by that term, because I thought, Ah, you know, like, come on, that's, that's kind of rough. But then I read about a guy, uh, a Chinese guy in, in 2000, who um, was so smitten with the cuteness of a panda bear at the, at the Beijing Zoo that he jumped the fence to hug the panda. <laughs> <laughs> and when the panda wasn't really into it, the man decided to bite the panda. Is this a nice seg to go into just how large a giant panda is? (laughs) Like, full-grown, we're talking uh, 330 pounds. Um, uh, Not something that you necessarily want to just jump over a fence and bite. (laughs) Um, And so, I guess, you know, there is a little bit of truth to them being uh, panda huggers? I don't know. Um, So, yeah, way up to 330 pounds, five feet long. um, And then... Uh, I guess uh, I swear I get a little bit scattered but um they got the second largest tail in bear family history. Uh, another another really fascinating thing that I found out was that um that uh initially when uh panda bears were first discovered by the west and it was by a french clergyman who was uh hanging around in in china. Uh he Uh, Sent back the bones and the teeth of the panda to his people, and they, based on the bones and the teeth, they they kind of realized, or discovered, that panda bears were more related to raccoons, so pandas weren't actually bears. And then there's just like this raging debate that's been going on for a long time, so... Um, and, and some people still feel very strongly about one or the other. But apparently, you know, like 25 million years ago, the panda bear and the raccoon were sort of closely related, but then they started to move away from each other. But um, that's neither here nor there. But then there was a third possibility, which was that the panda bear didn't exist in either classification and was more like a living fossil, uh, which I, is a cool term for a kind a type of... Uh, classification of an animal th- uh, that does not have um, a living ancestor or, or a species that's living that can be related to it, and that every every animal that it's related to is actually dead, so it's the only one around. Um, yeah, so how long have I been talking for? I have no idea. Um, okay, um, so... No real reason why I'm doing this, I just figure it's gonna kill some time <laughs> yeah. uh, as I think of a segue. Uh, <clears throat> so, political pawn, uh, the panda. Uh, one of the most intense uh, uh, uses, I think, of, of putting the panda between the, the, uh, the uh, well, but using the panda as a political tool. Was uh, in two thousand and six in uh, China after fifty six years, China um, and well Taiwan and China you know hadn't really there's a standoff between them and 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 so China you're just staring at the panda you're like totally lost in the panda uh, t- uh, China had decided that uh, they wanted to, to to extend an olive branch, and um, and so they uh, offered um, pandas. To uh, Taiwan and they but then they bundled it in an um, offering lower uh, tariffs for fruit coming from Taiwan and also lifting restrictions to um, Chinese tourists traveling to Taiwan and so the people freaked out because they were so um, excited well for a number of reasons all of those reasons but the panda definitely, that, that really hit them in their hearts, and they wanted to have pandas. And zoos started competing. Taiwanese zoos started competing with each other um, to to have the better panda facilities. And um, what's what was really crazy was that in 1975, there's this convention of um, this is some sort of treaty that the the Chinese started to observe um, in terms of en- endangered species. And in it, they it was it was um, it was said that China could gift, because they've been gifting pandas all over the place for, for many years, like Nixon didn't have to pay. Um, and so they, they decided um, that they could give a panda to any zoo within China for free. It could be totally a gift, no problem. But any, um, any gift outside of China, had to, they had to be charged. And the, the amount of money is, is pretty intense. It's like about a million dollars a year. And then they have to build a facility. So that's another like 15 million. And then they have to buy the bamboo from China. That's like a lot of money. And so um, so if Taiwan was to, Taiwan, if Taiwan was, was to accept the, the gift, in a way they'd be saying, we are in China. We're not an independent state. So the president like, was really angry because it was such a great move by the Chinese. Because um, they were saying, "Hey, this is not at all political. <laughs> uh, this is a free and unconditional gift. We want you to enjoy this panda along with the lower fruit, you know, tariffs. Um, but we want you to enjoy this fruit." But this was this huge deal, and the, and the entire country was freaking out. And um, and in the end, the this the president, President Chen, he he refused the pandas. Um, And he wasn't the first one to do it. They'd offered, over the course of a number of years, offered up to 10 pandas (laughs) to Taiwan. But in 2008, so this is in 2006, in 2008, he lost. He also had a lot of family scandals, so that could have also been part of it, you know, probably more so. But since this is a lecture about giant pandas, uh, it's all about that. Um, Okay. Um, I figure I've been talking for long enough um, I, I've you know I've got all kinds of crazy, um, crazy facts here. But um, the another thing that I found out, which was really hit home. Oh, I forgot about something. Uh, when I was a kid, um, I, I I summered in PEI, and um, I had these friends and the mother of uh, her three beautiful daughters and one son, but three beautiful daughters, um, she started calling me Panda, <laughs> right? And effectively killing any chance I had of ever uh, getting with any of her daughters because she branded me the cute one, right? And that was like a mark. And uh, to this day, um, well, we're all really good friends, right? Right. Um, but so so it's like so from an early age I kind of I kind of had my backup against the idea of cute, I also have my backup against the idea of zoos. But nah, I don't really want to get into that. Whether you know you're into the zoos or not into the zoos and and all that stuff. But Toronto is getting we're getting pandas. I'm not sure if you guys know, but we're we they've been lobbying since two thousand and three. And um, pandas are going to be coming to Calgary or going to Calgary, going to Granby, uh, Quebec, and coming to Toronto. And we're going to pay a lot of money for them. But we haven't had a panda since 1985 when we had a three-month loan. But it's, it's, they're expecting the, sort of the, the, the PR on it is that we're going we're to be bringing like 450,000 new visitors to it. They're just going to make almost $10 million in the first year, um, which I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you guys feel that it's worth it or not. Um, I kind of feel I didn't get into a whole bunch of stuff about their natural habitat and the fact that that um, the uh, expansion, the China's incredible industrialization, is is killing all of the bamboo forests. So, so you know, these poor little panda bears have to, or their lives are being displaced and, and and all that. And so, I don't know. Uh, but I'm not going to get into that and I'm all done thank you for listening <laughs> ladies
1: and gentlemen Nobu Edelman you're listening to the Trampoline Hall podcast I'm Misha Goldman up next the the q Q&A hi
0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
1: Are there, are there any questions? Yes, you ma'am. Yes. What happened to the guy who bit the panda? What happened to the guy who bit
2: the panda is the question. Uh, he was drunk. Um, didn't report what happened to him. But but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, no, he no, he didn't get bitten back. And actually, where I found out about it, they the, they were kind of deriding the panda, like what a stupid panda, let a man bite you, you know, kind of giving the panda shit for just. But they were minus. deriding the panda. Yeah, like like why wouldn't you why wouldn't you defend yourself? Because you know pandas have a reputation. I mean, they 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 um, I read about sort of one of the first accounts of um, of Americans going to uh, China in, like late 30s. Um, this one guy dissed the pandas the entire time. Like, oh, we shoot, we shoot a rifle in the air, and and the panda doesn't even do anything. And It's like, well, <laughs> I don't know, like well, uh, well, probably what surprised. What to
1: do? Like to
2: to be, be to be scared see, and so to was run like away or like unresponsive. It's yeah, just yeah, like unresponsive. You yeah. shoot it, and it just
1: sort of lies there. You bite it, and it's like,
2: uh, yeah, or yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Or they wanted it to uh, have deference to them, I guess. You know, it's like, right, know, it's why, like, why,
1: why, why isn't the panda? Yeah, I got a respond, rifle. You should be scared. Sure. Okay. All right. So we don't know what happened to that guy, but we do know that people unnecessarily blame the panda. Yes, you, sir, yes. You've done a fair amount of research, obviously. Did you come across, uh, I guess the panda is indigenous to China exclusively. Did you come across any other proprietary species of wildlife, like where there's a country or a nation in the world that has exclusive control over animal. So does any any country own an animal the way that China owns the panda? Wow. Uh,
2: I didn't. Um, I don't know. Does anybody else know? I don't know. Kangaroos, yeah, kangaroos. But the kangaroos, they don't, uh, Australia doesn't own them, do they? They're but they're indigenous, yeah. Right. Yeah, because they're
1: not rare. Kangaroos right. are... Yeah, annoyingly common. Yeah, be, yeah
2: right. A koala bears, maybe, right? Too. Koala bears, yeah, yeah.
1: Right. But, there's no, but no one's got like that sort of deal where they just actually literally Yeah, I don't know. Them.
2: I don't think so. Yeah, maybe? So I don't think
1: so. Oh, uh, yes, yes, you ma'am, yes. to say that the queen
2: owns, technically, the queen owns all
1: the swans. Oh, the queen owns the swans. The swans. That's right. That's <clears> right. So there we go. So right. there's your answer. The queen of England owns swans just like China owns pandas. I wonder
2: what the queen does with the swans in terms of making some moolah.
1: Yeah, does she Does there any advantage to her to owning the swans? Do you is there know? like a
2: yearly ball with the swans or something? Some sort of.
1: I think not. I think they're not as not as useful as the pandas. Anything else? Yes, you, sir. Did you find out why
2: pandas don't eat meat? Well, I, I know that they actually oh sorry.
1: So it's just the question is why they don't why they don't eat meat? But they are they're carnivores. But why but you
2: said that 94 99% why do they eat all
1: that bamboo? Why don't they eat more
2: meat? Well, um, it's a really good question. They 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 have been uh, they have been known to eat meat. They do eat meat. They will eat fish. They will eat other things other than bamboo. But they're hardwired to eat bamboo, and it's like this losing battle. It it makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, and if they could just make the switch. Uh, but wait, I'm, but they're also like oh, sorry. I, I'm really confused because you said you said they're carnivores they're carnivores but they Which, they live like herbivores
1: so wait so that means that they just eat this food that they're that is useless to them exactly it's of no
2: no that's why they spend ten to twelve hours a day eating.
1: And they also have no sex drive and they're only fertile for two days. They're, complete, so it's they're it's completely It's hard to blame depressed. humans for their being near extinct at some level. It's right, like, right. what, a, what yeah. a badly adapted yeah. to any environment. Yeah. I only eat stuff that yeah. I can't digest and I don't like to reproduce and I'm bad at it. Yeah. Oh, poor me. Yeah.
2: It's hard to feel sympathetic.
1: But why, So why, there must be some reason why they eat the bamboo, though. It must serve some some function I, for them.
2: I, all, I, all I found out was that... Um, it's a bad decision, and, and no, no, no. And, uh, no, no and, and their bodies have adapted to it. Like, I didn't get into the panda's thumb, but they, they have five fingers, and then they have this, like, s- this wrist bone that sort right. of developed into the thumb. And it, it's expressly there to help them grip bamboo. Right? And their, their faces have, have sort of uh, become the way that they are, sort of big and round, because of their strong jaws, the muscles in their jaws, and their large teeth. Right. That helps them crunch all the bamboo. So,
1: which serves them no useful function. Like, they're completely evolved to do this thing that's. Well, they can still no live. They can
2: still live on it. It's just a bad. Well, they can't. Well, oh, no, they do live. I well, mean, so the, they do- yeah, so the pandas are not dying because, because uh, they eat bamboo. Right. They're dying because um, the, the forests are being cleared of the bamboo and their access to it is really limited.
1: So they can. So they're not. So they can. Like, if, if, okay, if you're a panda and you just ate nothing but bamboo, you're good. You'll be okay. Yeah. I, you just have to eat a lot of it because it's not.
2: You have to devote your life to eating pam- ah, so bamboo. I You have to eat
1: lots and lots and lots and lots of bamboo because it's not really what you digest best. But you can. Yeah. You can, okay. They're right.
2: not very healthy. Like if if a if a panda has uh, twins in the wild, right. um, And it's very rare. She'll reject one of them because she just doesn't have enough nutrients in her body to to, to feed to okay. pandas. All right. Okay. Yeah.
1: So, so all right. Okay. Uh, that comes, all right. Is there anything else? Anything else that people need to know about? It? Yes.
2: Yes, you, sir. Do
1: uh, they have Violence in any way Do they
2: are they violence? violent They are built for violence um, they they definitely have the stuff of violence <laughs> but 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 I, I think you really have to provoke them um, to to get to get a response but they they, they they just don't have a lot of natural predators, right so I mean th- yeah they're very lethargic, but they're very intimidating and um, and they keep to themselves i mean they even keep to themselves within their like they don't they are very solitary they don't hang out with each other
1: okay so and, and, and in terms of provoking them like like biting them or firing a gun would not be sufficient <laughs> that would to constitute provocation I,
2: I would consider that to be provocation i would consider that too but yeah.
1: okay all right <laughs> so people don't get mauled by panda bears
2: I, it doesn't happen, as far as I know, very often, no. Okay. Uh, you, sir, yes. Is there a connection between the fact that these animals for the hundreds and hundreds of years have been eating uh, less than ideal food stuff that they have to like, spend all day eating just to exist, and that, and their
1: sort of lackadaisical nature? The question is, are they lackadaisical because they eat something, because they they're eating the wrong thing?
2: Oh, yeah. I think it... It's... it's Or
1: they're just tired because they're eating this thing that's not really food to them, and so that's why they're... I can
2: only answer that question personally, because I have a lot of bad food days. And then when I eat well, I'm good. So, I don't know. I think that, that the, yeah, I I I don't understand. I mean, at, in the zoos, they feed them sometimes yams and different dietary supplements and that kind of thing. Animals, I yeah, I, I don't know. It's <laughs> like... <laughs> but But they're lethargic. But I think I would be lethargic if I was in a zoo, so... Why,
1: why do you say you're dressed like a panda?
2: Here we go. I knew we'd get to this question. I'm wearing black and white. Stripes. Stripes. But if you were to take all these stripes and turn them into little bands, they'd be... This is the closest that's thing i That's true, that's right? true. And if, you, if so you made them more like spots, you'd spots. be dressed like a leopard. Yeah. It <laughs> could be anything, really. <laughs> if you, I could if be you, a zebra. If look different, you could yeah. be dressed like anything. Yeah. 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 All right. But panda first but sorry but a panda first panda
1: first yeah. i suppose i suppose yeah. is the collar
2: i was gonna rent uh, from malabar's um a panda suit you're gonna rent a
1: panda suit but you were like what i look so much like a panda already <laughs> no i was that g- would just be a waste of money
2: i was gonna get a friend to dress up and i was going to uh reenact those commercials and have the music playing and that kind of stuff and and, and do the whole thing but it got a little bit too uh intense and, 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 the, and a panda costume from Malabar costs $150 plus tax, because they have to wash it after you. Know, <laughs> and so they have so to so. pay money to China. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: right. <laughs> yeah, you so, yeah. Just back to
2: the bamboo things, I'm still a little confused. So why, why would foreign zoos be required to then import the bamboo to feed the pandas this this food that, I mean, when they're in China, I guess they have to eat it. I guess if we're, that's just their surroundings. That's all they have. So, But when they're living elsewhere, they're required to import that bamboo. Right.
1: So the question is, why would foreign zoos have to import bamboo to feed to pandas given that it's so incredibly ill-suited to them as food?
2: I think as a group, we, we probably would agree that they probably should change the way they eat. But I think that the Chinese have a different idea of what the... The pandas should do, and I think that also. And I'm not a scientist, and I don't know uh, what it is. But after millions of years of living like that, you know, you can't just give them something like it completely radically shift their. I mean, my guess would be that you shouldn't radically shift their diet. Um, and a- also, the the number of pandas living in the in captivity is is far fewer than the number that are still out in the wild. So, what do you do when you release? Oh, um, you know, if, if some of the, the pandas that are being born in some of these breeding centers in China, I, I, I was trying to figure out if they actually release them back into the wild. I don't think so. But if they were to do that, you know, look, can you imagine how confusing it would be.
0: So, <laughs> I, I guess maybe this is something you don't know the answer to. Has a zoo tried a non-bamboo?
1: Has anyone tried yes. just feeding them the stuff that they, that they can, can actually I think bamboo is digest.
2: always part of the diet, but they have, they've definitely um, put other things on the plate yes okay.
1: well that's good to know if you will wrap it up there ladies and gentlemen Nobu Edelman the Trampling Hall was created in Toronto in the 21st century by Sheila Hedy and is hosted by me this episode's lecture was chosen by Lauren Bride the podcast is produced by Josh Block our theme music was composed by Matt Smith Kate Bars is our coordinating producer you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app you can also find us on Twitter and Facebook If you enjoy the podcast, uh, why not go and leave a review on iTunes? It helps people find us and it helps us a lot. I'm Misha Globerman. Thanks for listening.